Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Open your Bibles up, you would, to John chapter 21. Today we're going to be talking about resurrection and restoring love, restoration, <clears throat> and uh, really excited to share this word today. We're, we're, we've been in a series called This Changes Everything Since Easter, and just Easter messages, the resurrection focus during these last few weeks. In the first week, we looked at resurrection in the new day, and we talked about Mary, and she was there welcoming, thought a guy was the gardener. It was like new creation, walking in the garden with him. All, it's the beginning of all things being made new. Then we talked about resurrection and the journey, and we talked about the disciples on the road to Emmaus and to looking to Jesus in the scriptures, on the road, breaking bread, remembering him with burning hearts. All of that is about resurrection. And that's a paradigm for living life, really, as a disciple. And then last week, Micah did a great job, talked about resurrection and the path to peace, where Jesus literally comes behind locked doors into the presence of the disciples and proclaims peace to them and then shows them the way of walking out life with him and receive the Holy Spirit and, and be this community of forgiving people. That's what he's called us to do. And today we're taking the next step here and we're talking about resurrection and restoration, you know, and we're going to be unpacking this for eternity. So all that God's done for us in the incarnation of Jesus Christ as a man walking on the earth, being crucified, being raised on the third day by the power of God, ascended to the right hand of God, coming again for us. I mean, all of that, it's just so rich and multifaceted. But today we're going to just take another, another step here and look at this. Jesus and Peter in John chapter 21 is great powerful story of restoration. And this message today is for everyone who's ever blown it or messed up or sinned or got or, or said stuff you shouldn't have said or blown it in a relationship and just totally got off track and said uh, said things that you were going to do that you couldn't live up to or you've been hurt by somebody or you've hurt somebody else. I mean, I'm just trying to paint a picture. This is for all of us. Everybody's included in this. Aaron did a great setup in the kids moment earlier just about Peter. I mean, we can all identify with Peter because we've all blown it and all promised things that we couldn't deliver on and hurt people and been hurt. And, and for those, it just it's for everyone who can't believe that you did it again. One more time. And... and Jesus is so good to restore us because of what he's done in and through the cross, in and through his life. It's, it's a beautiful picture. The cross and the resurrection isn't just about, uh, hey, okay, you can come to heaven when you die. It's, it's about God restoring earth. It's about God restoring us. His justice is a restoring justice. His love is a healing love. And he wants to make things right. The new day really has started. Eternal life really has broken back into this age in the coming life, ministry, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is such powerful, powerful good news that there's a calling, that there's a commission, there's redemption, there's reconciliation, there's restoration. It's such good news. I mean, again, the quick review is Peter totally blew it. 
I mean, the context is the Last Supper. I, even if all these guys deny you, I will never deny you. I'm not going to let you down ever. I'm going to be right there. I'm going to always confess you. No, Peter, tonight you're going to deny me three times before the sun comes up, before the rooster crows. You're going to deny me. And that's the context. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. And so then Jesus comes to the disciples behind locked doors, but there's no conversation with Peter about this. Isn't that just like the big elephant in the room? And then he comes again a week later uh, with Thomas is there. Thomas said, I'm not going to believe unless I see him and put my hands in his side and see the wounds. And then again, no conversation with Peter. It's really interesting. You know, but then John 21 comes and that's where we're at today. And if I could just boil this whole message down into one sentence, it's this. God is calling us out of the past and into the future. Let me just let, can we just say that together? God is calling us out of the past and into the future. He's calling us out of the past and into the future as we receive his restoring love, the love of Jesus, and then begin to serve his people. That's what he's calling Peter to. That's what he's calling us to. And it is such, oh man, it's such good news. It's good news for us right now today in the middle of whatever it is you're going through, have gone through, or will go through. All of that. Let's read this passage together. John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14, we'll read first. Father, I ask that you'd bless the reading of your word today in the name of Jesus. Open our eyes, Lord. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not recognize, didn't realize that it was Jesus. And he called out to them, friends, have you caught any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and there you'll find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord, it is the Lord. And as soon as Peter heard him say it's the Lord, he wrapped the outer garment around him for he to take it off and, ju and, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard, dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. And this is now the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now, just a, a couple of thoughts about this passage as we're working our way through this. But the, the first one is when it says they were out there all night and they caught nothing. They were out all night long and they caught nothing. And, and remember back, that's the exact same word that Jesus had used in John 15 verse 5 when he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And there they are, fruitless, fishless, you know, because he's not with them. So 
That, that's, a, that's a key piece. And then there's another piece here that I want, want us to see, and that is he's around a fire. He's made a fire for them to come and, and gather around. Now, there's only really two mentions of uh, gathering around a fire like that in the New Testament. And one is when Peter was gathered around the fire and he betrayed Jesus Christ. He denied him. And then now here we are again, and Jesus is creating another fire scene to do what? To reconcile Peter back to himself, to redeem that broken, caught in time moment of denying the Lord, not once, not twice, but the third time with curses. I don't know him. So there's a lot of redemption that has to happen. And what happens there is that he creates this meal, uh, a meal scene. And, and you guys, it is so powerful. We talk about this all the time. But what happens at meals is powerful. We see Jesus. We see the Lord. We have deep fellowship. It, it's a time of family. We are saying who's family by who's at the table. We talk about that a lot. So it's a meal time. It's, it's family time. It's a, it's a healing time of restoration. And there's an invitation from Jesus to join him, to get back in, to get back in the game. And so as we read this next section, I want us to notice what is said and what isn't said. You know, there's a lot of stuff going as we go. Like, there's not an apology from Peter. Like, he never gets to the, and I know that when we've blown it, when we've messed up, and we've got that shame and guilt on us, you know, we're just, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And Peter never really gets to that. We're going to see that in just a second. But And notice, you know, so it's what is said, and it's what isn't said. Jesus doesn't say, I forgive you, or I love you. He's demonstrated that so powerfully in the cross of Christ, right? So let's read through this, this next section, starting there in verse 15. Now, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Now, I want to just pause there because, you know, do you love me more than these? What is the these? Is it the fish? Just keep that question going for just a second because I want to unpack that in just a second. Do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Follow me. So let's go back to that question. Do you love me more than these? And I just, it, it, it's hitting me even in a fresh way, all the things that Jesus would ask us, that of us, that same question, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than this provision in your life? Do you love me more than this job that you were going back to? Do you love me more than the miracle, that the things I do for you? Do you love me more than whatever it is that you would say is most precious to you? Do you love me more than these? 
And Peter is honestly saying, Lord, I love you. As much as I love, quoting Rich Mullins there, singer from back in the 90s, who a Christian singer who died, but he, he, he said, uh, as much as I love Jesus, I love you. And that's a good recognition of our brokenness. Lord, I love you as much as I love in my brokenness. And Peter's broken now. There's a, there's a new kind of humility on Peter. Lord, you know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. Do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. I love you. Take care of my sheep. Lord, I love you. And that it just so th- th- there's this invitation for us to love Jesus. And, and really, what's said and what isn't said is he wants to invite us. And I'm just going to, there's just three things, and I'm, I'm just going to say them. I'm not going to talk about them a long time, but, but he's inviting us to receive his love, the love that he's demonstrated through the cross. And he's inviting us to declare that love. Uh, just, I think part of the deal here is that Peter, Jesus knew that Peter, for Peter to be restored, he needed to hear his own voice saying it. To say, I love you, Jesus. I love you. I, like Out of his own mouth, Lord, you know I love you. Totally blew it. But Lord, you know I love you. Lord, I love you. And so receiving his love, what he's done for us, what he's doing, what he will do, receiving that love, the Father's love through Jesus and the power of the Spirit, receiving that love, but then declaring it. I love you, Lord. And all of my brokenness and ways I'm frustrated about the things in the past, things I've done, things that I'm still probably going to do. Lord, I love you. That's the way he restores him. And then he invites him to share that love with others. Feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. Even though there's going to be hard things that are going to happen in your life. It's powerful. You know, and so then he goes on. Verse 20. We'll just read verse 20 and 21. Peter turned and saw the disciple that whom Jesus loved. I love John's language. The disciple whom Jesus loved. He knows it was following them. So he turned and saw John following them. And this was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? And I just thought, man, isn't that classic? I mean, here we are, presence of God. God's doing a restoring work in our love. We're receiving his restoring love. We're being touched by him. And then suddenly we're concerned about some other disciple. We're concerned about somebody else. What about them? What about, what about them? You know, even in the midst of just an, a glorious moment of grace, we can still find ourselves concerned about how somebody else is advancing or what they're going to have to go through or I'm having to go through something harder than he's going to have to go through. And some even said that he wasn't going to die. That wasn't what he said. But, but that's the way we think sometimes. And so look at what happens in Peter's life. I mean, the rest of the story is really it's so awesome is, the, you know, uh, for you older folks out there, you would remember a guy named Paul Harvey who would say, tell us the rest of the story. And for all of you younger people, <laughs> you don't have a clue who Paul Harvey is. And there will be, it's just explain it to your kids. Um, it's pretty funny. Um, I'm talking to you guys in your living room right now. But the rest of the story is 
I mean, Peter is used massively by God. They gather, they pray. After Jesus ascends, they pray for 10 days. They're waiting for the power of God. And Pentecost happens 50 days after his resurrection. Pentecost happens and, and uh, the Holy Spirit comes with power. And Peter's the one who stands up and preaches the gospel. God made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Repent and believe. Be baptized. Receive forgiveness in the power of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children. Amen. And then there's another scene there. In the next chapter, in Acts chapter 3, verse 21, Peter's healed the guy at the gate. Beautiful. And then he's preaching the gospel again. Jesus, you disowned the holy and righteous one. And you killed the author of life. We're witnesses of this. So what do you do now? Repent then and, and have your sins forgiven that times of refreshing may come. This is verse 20. That he may send the Christ of chapter 3, Acts. And uh, that he may send the Christ who must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. So Peter's getting this thing about restoration. Not only is he being restored, but Jesus is going to come back and restore everything. New creation, new heavens, and new earth. Peter's getting this thing down deep. So then, then Peter, again, in the middle of a move of God, the, of course the gospel was supposed to spread immediately, but it didn't. And about 10 years later, the gospel comes to Cornelius. And Peter's the one who gets to share the good news of the gospel going to the Gentiles. This is powerful good news for all of us. The gospel going to the Gentiles. Peter's right there preaching. And then the Holy Spirit falls. Right smack in the He's in the middle of it. Peter's in the middle of, he, he goes to prison again. He's in the middle of Acts 15 when they're having the Jerusalem council. and But he's not perfect. You know, Paul records in the letter to the Galatians that I confronted Peter to his face in Antioch. You know, he's pulling away with the, when the Judaizers came and he's just eating with them, creating kind of two groups in the church at Antioch. So Peter's not perfect. But you know what? Peter saw this res restoration thing in his own life and he proclaimed it to the world. He writes a couple of letters toward the end of his life. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he's just been talking about Jesus being the stone and he's building this holy building together with us being living stones. And he proclaims then, but you are a chosen people. This is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That is so good. He gets it out of the past and into the future, out of a broken mess and into hope, out of despair and into life, out of death and out of blindness and being able to see. All of that is the reality that Peter's calling us to. And over and over again, and it doesn't say it's not going to be without suffering. Hard stuff's going to happen. He talks about it over and over again. Above all, love each other. There's going to be hard stuff happening to the elders. Be shepherds of God's flock, serving because you are you want to, serving others, being examples to the flock. I'm going to pick this up at chapter 5, verse 6. And so he says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Come on, Lord, 
Help us during this time. All the anxiety, all the pressures, the different ways we're walking this out, we, we cast it upon you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. He's looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be power forever and ever. Amen. Wow. You know, I mean, Peter was this life of redemption out of the past and into the future, receiving the restoring love of Jesus and serving the people of God. It's a powerful, powerful story. And I just want to say, as we finish here, there's a thousand reasons why you could be stuck in the past. Just, we can just go through them. Shame, sin, brokenness, broken relationships. You did it. They did it. There's not forgiveness there for whatever reason. And we just, you know, sometimes we're able to forgive and sometimes we hold on to for forgiveness and we don't give it away. And we, we loop on something for five years, 10 years, 15 years. And God wants to call us right now, this morning, out of the past and into the future by receiving his restoring love. He loves you. And he's, he even is calling you to say it. And he's not saying, come and grovel. Just If I can just do enough penance, then, then I'll, I'll receive you. He's done it. He's paid the price. You know, and we feel it when we sin. It's a, it's a, it, there's a, a broken part of our fellowship, our intimacy with Jesus. And so, Lord, keep us walking in holiness and purity for your sake. But look, he's saying, come on. He's done it all. Do you love me more than these? Even more than the things that you're holding on to about your past. Do you love me more than these things? These Whatever it is that you get identity from, whatever you that makes you you, that's not included in him. Apart from him, the lesson is we can do nothing. And so he wants to meet you right now where you're at today. He wants to meet you in the living room. He wants to meet you wherever you're listening to this. He wants to meet you. He's calling you out of the past and into the future with him where we receive his restoring love and where we share that and serve others, his people and his call, his ministry, his mission on, on the earth. So again, I just, this, this part right here, I just, we're going to pray here, but I, I want to just say, gee, if, if I could just reach and just say, he's, he's making this appeal through me to you. Receive forgiveness, receive hope, Receive love in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you'd meet us wherever we're at, whatever's going on, whatever's happened. Lord, it might have been 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the broken relationship, we let somebody down. Lord, empower us right now where we're at to receive the restoring love of God that's offered to us in Jesus Christ. Do you love me more than these? And then be able to say, Lord Jesus, I love you. 
as much as I love, Lord, I love you. And he's calling us forward. And I ask, Lord, bring restoration. You bring restoration right here, right now, in this, in this room, in our homes, wherever we're gathered. Bring that restoring love. Set us apart for you. Lord, make it happen in the name of Jesus. Bring healing and hope in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just want to ask too, if there's anyone who's ready to start that journey, God, give them grace to say yes right now in their heart to you, to believe and to trust you, to turn away from sin and fix our eyes, our gaze upon you, Jesus. We love you so much. And we thank you for the grace that you give us through the cross. Praise be to your name forever and ever. Amen. Jesus loves you so much. He died for you. He's raised for you. He wants you to walk in the power of his life. He wants you to get out of the past and into the future with him, right? So let's use this time right now. Let's don't just, this is not just another day. This COVID thing that's happening right now, let's do not be the same on the other side of it. Make those commitments right now in your heart. Jesus, as much as I understand, as much as I love, just lead me forward. Don't let me stay in the same place. And he wants to bless you that way. So as you go today, may the Lord's blessing be upon you and upon your children and upon your children's children to a thousand generations. He loves you. He died for you. He is the King and the Lord and the Savior of the world. Be blessed, y'all. Love you so much. Amen.